Now I have a story that I'd like to tell about this guy. You all know him. He had me scared as hell. He comes to me at night after I crawl into bed. He's burnt up like a weenie and his name is Fred. He wears the same hat and sweater every single day. And even if it's hot outside, he wears it anyway. He's gone when I'm awake, but he shows up when I'm asleep. I can't believe there's a nightmare on my street. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the longest cold open in history and I don't even care <laughs> you know they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste but what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time <laughs> who are you talking to <clears throat> no- <clears throat> nothing Ready to watch some movies? Aw, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. And I made him watch a horror movie. Zach, what did I make you watch this week? Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, the all-time Wes Craven classic. One of my favorite horror movies. Uh, what did you know about this movie and the franchise before we watched it? Uh, Johnny Depp. Yes. Gets sucked into his bed, and blood goes everywhere. Uh, Robert England is amazing. That's it. Yeah, all true facts. <laughs> That's pretty much 100% it. One hundred percent accurate. It's it's like the same thing with all these uh slasher movies. It's like I know the cult icon the strokes of like the killer, but like not actually what happens in the movie right. or anything. But yeah, that's well, especially about it. something like Nightmare on Elm Street like has so permeated pop culture at this point. Like mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger still like pops up in like parody stuff now and there hasn't been a freddy krueger movie for like 10 years yeah more than jason and more than michael i think he's a little bit more like instantly iconic because he can talk yeah true that's like the big innovation that wes craven gave this movie he was like what if they could say snappy one liners <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the one thing i really enjoyed about this movie just like right out of the gates you don't have to wait like an hour and a half before you actually oh, see the killer and he's just like wagging his tongue at you. <laughs> Wes Craven is not fucking around. <laughs> no, he's not. And I loved it. Well, I mean, like, let's, let's jump into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we open up in a nightmare. <laughs> which builds his glove. Which I was not expecting because yeah. all of these uh, other movies, like, it's, or I guess it. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth started out with like a in the past kill. Yeah, or they all kind of have like a cold open to like ease you into it, and yeah. this movie's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> right out of the gates, this is how he made his glove. Right, right out of and now he's chasing a teenage girl. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he's stalking uh, a teenage girl named Tina in her dream. We start to realize it has to be a dream because of all the weird imagery that just starts happening like at first she's just like running around and then all of a sudden it's like is that a is that a goat what is that like, <laughs> that's right <laughs> I, thought, what did you think? Was a cat? I thought there was cats meowing and then i was like no that was a goat or was a sheep sheep goat i don't know it was some kind of weird because like, you're like oh, animal she- that wouldn't exist in like because <laughs> you're like oh it's sheep because she's dreaming and i was like oh that makes I sense that's cause... what it is yeah okay well it's all dream logic that's one thing yeah. i really like about this movie is they never abandon the idea of as long as you're asleep it doesn't have to make sense yeah and that makes it scarier 
Yeah. Because you don't know what's going on and anything could happen. Yeah. You were yeah. as like, disoriented as you learn the language of this movie as the characters are. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're kind of, instead of just like, oh, let's spend the whole movie learning this character's background story. It's right. how everything works on top of that. It's kind of, in some ways, the crystallization of what, at this point, had been going on in slasher movies for only like five years. Because this movie comes out in 84 and Halloween is the first real slasher in 78. So you've got all these people copying Halloween and then Wes Craven comes along with this movie and says, what if we reinvented the whole concept? Mm. Yeah, because what I was missing the most from Friday the 13th, like the second Nightmare on Elm Street starts, it's that like synth music. Oh, it's the best. Every single movement has a synth <laughs> noise to it and it's super 80s and I was all for it. I love it. so much. I, I do wish there was a little bit more to the score. Mm. It kind of felt to me like it just kind of kept going and it, like they were just playing the same song <laughs> on the loop. <laughs> but this movie was pretty low budget. Yeah. And the director didn't do the music for free. The, so. the director wasn't John Carpenter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what I really, really missed. It, it This felt like a good next step from Halloween. Yeah. Like Friday the 13th. I was like, uh, this is like Friday the 13th says, well, literally like what Sean Cunningham, Cunningham, the director said was we want to make Halloween, but instead of cutting away, we want to just show it happen. Yeah. And then Nightmare on Elm Street says, we'll do you one better. Yeah. I love it for it. And and it was a nice return to like a suburban setting too. I I didn't know I was so tied to that idea. I I think slashers are better in the suburbs. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know. Like. It taking place in like the forest and stuff. I mean, I'm afraid of the forest, but I'm just nervous in the forest. Yeah. In a way, like I don't need something on top of that to make it creepy. Whereas the suburbs, it's like this weird twisting of something. I'm I've grown up spent my whole life in the suburbs. So seeing it twisted that way is really unnerving. Yeah, Yeah, because I feel like with Blair Witch and Friday the 13th. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a forest. Of course, it's going to be spooky. Right. But then in Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like the, your home. So well, you feel like both of those are filmed in California where we're from. So it's literally yeah. like looking at like our homes. Yeah. But it, yeah. <laughs> and it adds to the whole thing of just like it can happen any moment. Yeah. And we live here and now I'm terrified of nightmare dream demons yeah freddy krueger is the only slasher to give me nightmares as an adult so (laughs) don't fall asleep yeah seriously (laughs) i mean i kind of want freddy krueger i I just want to like hang out with robert england but yeah do that without him trying to kill me (laughs) but how are you gonna get all his one-liners if he's not trying to kill you no he seems like a pretty chatty guy (laughs) so from chasing tina she wakes up we see that even though she's in like the nice safe suburbs like her life isn't great we actually get a lot of really like well done shading on this character in like Uh. a brief period and that like her mom comes in with her new boyfriend who's really shitty and she doesn't really care yeah and she's like yeah i'm gonna leave for the weekend bye (laughs) oh you had a nightmare Mm. (laughs) Mm. too bad (laughs) that's one thing that was like uh when her mom's boyfriend just jumps in and is like come back to bed babe (laughs) yeah because her mom sucks (laughs) (laughs) 
I just I'm just trying to wrap my head around like what goes through your head of like oh right this lady's kid is right here I'm just gonna <laughs> without acknowledging that she's right there yeah. <laughs> like what goes through he sucks even more than the mom does yeah so. <laughs> uh, but then you get young Johnny Depp <sighs> as I said to you when we saw him walk on screen remember when Johnny Depp still like cared about himself before he yeah. so. But we're talking about young, innocent Johnny Depp before any of this. When I say things like, I love him. He's so good in this. I really like him. Know that I'm talking exclusively <laughs> about Johnny Depp in 1984 <laughs> in a crop top. <laughs> Specifically in a crop top. Yes. Ditch, oh. ditch the scarves. Go back to the crop tops. Yeah, you look great, Johnny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we get young Johnny Depp, and then out of nowhere, my man with the dog just immediately hops in and starts talking about his. <laughs> what did he call it? Oh, what does he say right there? <laughs> he just immediately starts talking about his dick. That's all I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember if he said boner or morning wood. I believe he says morning wood. That is the character. Yeah. Appropriately, Rod. Uh, His name was Rod. Yeah. But then I love that Tina gets one like right back at him where he's like, it's got your name all over it. And she's like, you don't have enough room on that thing to fit my name. <laughs> or no, she was like, my name is only four letters and you don't have enough yeah. room for that. <laughs> Again good slasher movie i like these kids yeah that was the thing that i was gonna say too this was the first one where i was thinking oh they're being mean to each other but in a fun way yeah because even like rod who's clearly kind of like the dick of the group you're yeah. like i don't know he doesn't seem like a bad dude though he's just kind of crass yeah everybody it seems like everybody's on board with it so yeah and like later he like imme- like immediately the second he gets a chance he goes to her house to apologize and like yeah. talk to her i mean also because you know but uh <laughs> and to uh tackle johnny depp out of nowhere yeah. and then threaten to stab him with a knife that didn't help his cause later no. <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed to be from the wrong side of the tracks that rod which is weird seeing johnny depp as the jock and the normal kid a lot of fun stuff behind the scenes about like the character was written to be like a much more traditional like big guy who's like a jock yeah like even if you look like think about the way he's written like all the dumb stuff he does it makes more sense if he looks like the bully from the karate kid like that that's the archetype we associate that with johnny depp wasn't even supposed to audition he went with his friend jackie earl haley who had an audition who would later play freddy krueger in the remake uh, <laughs> which the is most fun. recent one yeah oh, i didn't know yeah they name. were like friends in the 80s okay and jackie Earl haley that's fun so he wasn't even gonna audition but between him and his other new friend this guy uh nick cage who said you're really good looking you should be in movies he was like you know what put my name down too i'll, I'll try out and wes craven was like i really like him but he just can't play a jock and his daughter came and visited him his like teenage daughter and was mm-hmm. like I don't know who that is. I don't know what parts there are, but he needs to be something in your movie because I can't stop looking at him. <laughs> and Wes Craven was like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess he's our male lead. Like, 
So that's how Johnny Depp broke into movies. By uh, being irresistible. Yeah. <laughs> Again, 80s Johnny Depp. <laughs> 1984's John Depp. <laughs> Jonathan Depp. Yes. Uh, crop top Johnny. Yes. So crop top Johnny. So crappy toppy uh... Johnny. <laughs> Does he hang out with Bobby Shorts? <laughs> Bobby Shorts and crappy toppy Johnny. Yes. Yeah. So. Which movie was... Uh... Oh, that was uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Okay, yeah, yeah, the last one we watched. Mm-hmm. I was just—that's uh, all I remember from that movie. Now, <laughs> yeah, that's all you need is Bobby Short. Bobby Short, the character who's in all of five minutes of that movie. <laughs> it was a memorable five minutes. It was. It's true. Uh, where were we in the movie? So from there we meet Crappy Toppy Johnny. Crappy Toppy Johnny's girlfriend, the main character of the movie. We meet Nancy, played Nancy. by Heather Langenkamp. Who I think is really good in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh probably my favorite final girl in mm. like all of Slasherdom. So even over Lori? I like the performance of Lori and everything, but I th- think I like Nancy better. Mm. If we were taking them solely as their characters, not necessarily their actresses, mm. I'd prefer Nancy. I think for me, even character wise, I still prefer Lori. I just like Nancy's so proactive. I like Nancy, but uh, Lori felt more like a, this is how a real person would react to things. Right. That's fair. And that's what I really liked about it. Like when Michael comes in through the closet and she just, oh, here's a hanger. I'm going to stab him. It felt like a, a reaction rather than. I know how to get Freddy Krueger out of the dream world. Right. I mean, it's a little bit silly, but in yeah. a movie about dream demons, I'm a little on board with it. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on, I'm completely on board with it. I just think that's why I like Laurie no, I more it, yeah. as a character, but I still like, yeah, I mean, they're probably like my two favorites. So yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> good choices all around. There's no yes. losers here. So from there, we wind up at a party at Tina's where they're all talking about how they've all been dreaming about some dude with uh, knife hands. But that's impossible. So they all just ignore it. And Tina's the only one that seems to care. And then, like we said, Rod shows up. He goes and apologizes and they go up to Tina's room since no one's home. Well, uh, Nancy makes Crappy Tappy Johnny. Crappy Tappy Johnny. Trusting that five times fast. Crabby Tubby Johnny Crabby jo- <gasps> That we We have another new vocal warm up with as, along with red leather face, yellow leather face, we can go crappy tubby Johnny, crappy tubby Johnny. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy about this. I'm on board. <laughs> so crappy tubby Johnny. She makes him sleep on the couch. Mm-hmm. But he's a nice guy, so he's just okay with it. Even though they can hear the most aggressive thing I've ever heard happening in the next room over. Yeah, I thought um, Bob. Rod. No, uh, oh. Halloween Bob. Oh, Bob. And uh, yeah. the other girl. I, Souls. I can't remember yeah. her character's name. I thought they were bad, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait until we get some of those Friday the 13th sequels if you want, like, explicit, dude. I don't want explicit. <laughs> Unless if it's Freddy Krueger or Crappy Tubby John. <laughs> Fair. So from there, we get maybe, like, the most iconic sequence in the movie in a lot of ways um, from when he introduces himself by saying no. 
this is God and holding up the knives, which and is just it's his first spoken line of dialogue. And it's like perfect. But like it's easy to giggle at that whole sequence. But I think skipping ahead a little bit, we find out he was like a child murderer. It kind of reframes his weirdly like almost comical behavior to me to make it creepier because mm. like that's stuff you would do if you were like messing with a kid. Oh, God. Yeah. So that's what he's doing to him. He He's in his mind. He's messing with kids. But he's also a murderer. Dang so like when that. he does the weird grandpa run. <laughs> <laughs> but then reframe it as, but it's a dude who murders children. <laughs> I, for, I forgot about the grandpa run. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. Yeah, part. it's pretty great. I love that so much. Or is it terrifying? <laughs> <laughs> both yeah <laughs> but then he finally gets a hold of her and it's such a good scene mm-hmm. where he drags her through the room yeah but uh, they, you don't see him yeah they did that by busting out one of the oldest trips tricks in the book uh west craven huge film fan huge film nerd he was thinking about how they used to shoot um fred astaire dance sequences mm. famously fred astaire would do things where it would look like he was dancing up walls and across ceilings mm. and they would accomplish that by bolting the camera down to um somewhere like off like on the the floor essentially and then they would literally just rotate the room Mm. so the camera wouldn't fall so that's what they did to her so like when she flies up to the ceiling it's because they just turned the room out from under her yeah that's what i was figuring yeah it like uh yeah inception yeah the hallway fight it's that uh except they had to bolt down her boyfriend next to the camera he was literally strapped in and they were like they apparently put like just a ton of hairspray in his hair so it wouldn't look <laughs> slick down, but it wouldn't move. I mean, <laughs> then again, it's the 80s, so he probably already did. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> look at Rod's gorgeous locks. Those are those are crimped and manicured. <laughs> that, uh, that's what I was wondering that I couldn't really figure out was why his movements look weird. Because and- he's literally... Like, in in a chair strapped yeah. to the chair next to the camera <laughs> yeah because like when he like kind of reaches hand out but not really well, he's trying to keep it from falling yeah up. I was like, that's <laughs> trying weird to pass out from being upside down <laughs> but yeah that was a really cool that's one thing that i really liked about this movie all the kills are really really like cool and imaginative yeah, yeah. um like the sequels all have kind of continue that and up the ante even if they're worse movies the effects get really amazing Mm. so even the most forgettable one still has you know one where someone dies by fusing to a motorcycle and crashing into a car and it's awesome and weird but i also (laughs) couldn't tell you which of the five sequels that's from (laughs) uh so she she did and rod gets blamed for it yeah and he escapes and we get to meet nancy's dad Super badass cop dad, John Saxon. John Saxon. <laughs> he He's awesome. He pretty much plays the same character in a bunch of different movies where he's just like, I'm a cop. <laughs> I'm a cop. I'm a pretty good person. And I'm very strict. <laughs> uh, most famously and relevant to this miniseries, he's actually plays a cop in Black Christmas, which is uh, one of the proto slashers that yeah, really inspired. That. Uh, it's a Christmas movie from the director of A Christmas Story uh where Man. a guy who you never see murders a bunch of women um oh yeah 
it takes a dark turn that, that took a turn because <laughs> at first i was like matt we're in the november podcast december's coming up next more john saxton <laughs> I mean, we can. <laughs> but then it's look at those time. eyebrows. Don't you want more of them? <laughs> yeah, I do. I thought I thought Loomis was the best. John Saxon. <laughs> I love John Saxon. <laughs> He's great. And then, <laughs> and then in one of the funeral scenes, the priest looks like his son or something. <laughs> I didn't think that. I thought they just looked like two white dudes. <laughs> no, he had like. I mean, I know we all look alike, but no, he had like the he eyebrows. Had the eyebrows, no, yeah. The starting to recede hairline. Okay, you're just describing white dudes now. I don't know. He kind of has a receding hairline. He looks a little bit angry. He looks like John Saxon. Don't take this away from me, Matt. Don't change the subject. <laughs> I thought I was clever. No, he does kind of look like John Saxon. I'll give it to you. I'll you, give it to you. You already have all the facts and knowledge on the movies. <laughs> Let me find connections. What if I just busted out? Well, that's John Saxon's second cousin. And uh, <laughs> I was low key hoping you would. I don't know who I that said. priest is. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but from there, we just kind of spend like a long time dealing with the fallout of a bunch of teenagers who have watched their friend die oh which we we don't normally in slashers slashers tend to take place over i mean friday the 13th and halloween one night one black night, christmas yeah. takes over place over one night psycho yeah. takes place over two days you know this is like it feels like anywhere from like a week to like a month yeah because all of the other ones, it seems like the other like teenagers are trying to figure out what's going on, not like mourning their friend. Well, yeah, they're trying not to die. Yeah. And in this one, I think that's why I kind of buy her setting up traps and stuff a little bit more is. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's had a month to just deal with this. <laughs> yeah. She's just been sitting for a month like. I'm going to die. I don't know what to do. And every piece of information she gets in this movie is like, oh, no, yeah, you're definitely going to die, dude. <laughs> Look at all your friends dying yeah. right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, your mom killed the guy, so he's out for revenge. So he's definitely going to go for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next, like, really good scene was when she's sitting in class and look and sees... <sighs> Her the friend girl. is just next to her in the body bag. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I what's up? That. Yeah. What's, what's popping? <laughs> Freddy Cougar's going to come at you. <laughs> I, I love the whole scene in the high school where then she starts like uh, chasing the body bag, which yeah. uh, my wife was watching this with us. And she was like, why would you chase like a body bag? Like, wouldn't you realize you're asleep and it's inception rules? No, mm. you just go with it because you're dreaming yeah like like you almost can't help it because you're asleep yeah you don't really have that rational thought of oh that's a body bag why would i follow that you're just like oh that's my friend where's she been like yeah and and then freddie knows that uh how did they do when she gets dragged away that is one I actually don't know. I am assuming it must be like some super simple effect because on all this stuff I've watched, they don't really like talk about. Oh, and one of the great effects is when her feet go up and she drags away. Yeah. I'm sure there's just a string that we can't see on the floor or yeah. something. That's what I figure, but I like to imagine there's a 
fully morph suit green green screen guy just dragging her well, it's not a thing yet unfortunately <laughs> but it's fun to now imagine it would be, yeah. well now it would just be cgi i guess yeah but not to i'm not against cgi i'm not one of those people but it would be <laughs> yeah well we haven't seen any cgi heavy horror films yet so i don't I, know 28 days later had that smoke <laughs> why do you have to remind me of that because <laughs> it's funny <laughs> not to me <laughs> now i'm gonna have nightmares on my street <laughs> uh, so a nightmare on all street and then the hall monitor screw oh. your hall pass <laughs> then before it does the reveal of the hall monitor's wearing Freddy's sweater. The shot before where it's kind of like over his shoulder, I spotted it and I was like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah, it's good. She's just got yeah. the glove yeah. running in the hall. <laughs> Robert. Apparently that woman like still does cons. She'll be like, yeah, I wore the sweater. It was great. Out of all the people. Why not? If yeah, why not? You there, I'm like, I'm, I'd go meet her. Like, hey, yeah. I love the movie. <laughs> Man, probably every single actor in every single horror movie oh, yeah. goes to a con. And anything that's like like a, a quote unquote genre film, yeah. Yeah. And they can make money at it. Even if it's just like, oh, I go to the one that's like in my home state. That's the only one I go to. Yeah. But people are excited to see me, so why not? And and that con's totally gonna be like Lady from Friday or yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street that wore the sweater. Yeah. That, that's that's what I kind of like about like the whole horror world. It's all Such these a tight knit communities. Yeah, and after watching all these movies, and like I'll remember that scene. And if we were to go to a con and we see her booth or something, we'll both turn to each other and be like, "Oh, oh that sweater scene. lady!" Yeah, like we hype for it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, we'll give her five dollars and take a picture. I don't know. Yeah. Like. So I haven't been to a horror con yet but i'm very excited i've been to one but they didn't have like a ton of famous people so i want to go to one of the big ones <laughs> i just want to go to small ones and big ones yeah. i feel like they'd both be fun yes yeah i'm on board so from there she wakes up in class and she's screaming mm-hmm. and she has a cut on her arm so she's starting to well, slowly she went to the boiler room oh she has a burn on her arm that's right she yeah freddie freddie was chasing her yeah and i was thinking oh boiler room that's iconic why is it iconic why is it why what's the significance of the boiler room it's tough i'm trying to think of a lot of the sequels blur together for me Mm. and then on top of that like the remake tries to add more explanation to some stuff in ways that i i don't like the remake but some parts of it i'm kind of like oh that actually Mm. makes sense of some things i think like at least in the remake maybe some of the sequels they start saying he was um he was like a janitor at the school and that's how he knew all the kids but i'm trying to remember if someone is like really mad because they're like everything from the remake is dumb so that's dumb too (laughs) (laughs) that kind of makes sense yeah well but i also don't need it to make sense because it's a nightmare yeah he's just like what's i'm choosing i'm choosing the level for mortal Kombat. what's the scariest (laughs) background (laughs) like (laughs) well because i was i was just thinking wait they burnt him in like some random building what 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 did the boiler room did i know for sure in the sequels you see him in like a boiler room type setting just because i know it's iconic to freddy krueger i was wondering why i'm trying to remember 
this is going to bother me. <laughs> but I know you for sure at least see him in a boiler room type setting when they burn him to death. Uh, like that is where he's been like hiding things. Uh, you know, like, oh, here's the photo of the kids. Here's the, t- the, the, the trophies I took. And that's where they get him. Here's a bundle of sticks with some teeth in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. Was Freddy the Blair Witch? They do say there's... Does he make anybody face a wall? <gasps> it was all a dream. I I didn't actually watch that movie. <laughs> yes. Oh no, sorry. No. <laughs> uh boiler room. Yeah. She so t- she's freaked out now. And we're learning again, the great thing about this movie. I love in movies when movies teach you how to watch them. We start picking up on like learning with her and finding hints and like what are the lines between reality and these nightmares? How do you break out of these nightmares? You can wake yourself up. That's what I really liked about this because usually horror movies, someone has something next to them that can help them and you're screaming, do it, grab the thing. And then they don't and then they die. But in this when she ran next to the steam pipe, I was thinking, but your arm might wake yourself up. Yeah. And she did. Yeah. And it was She's a great final girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, that's what I liked about it. Because in my head of horror movies, that's like the stereotypical well, yeah, thing. Yeah, you're yelling at the screen. Don't open that door. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> she hears you and is like, oh, never mind. I'm so yeah, quiet. Yeah. So now she's starting to believe because she interacted with the nightmare. Yeah. So she goes and finds Rod in prison, who has now been picked up by the cops, by Nancy's dad. Presumably she was used she... as bait. Oh, yeah. That's so fucked up. Yeah. That, like, makes me mad for her every time I see it. When the dad's like, well, I just, had, you know, stalked you so I could try to shoot your friend. Yeah. yeah. What? Why are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> what <laughs> what do you mean why am i why am i mad yeah the, i know he's not a killer but you think he is you let him like yeah. get the surprise on her it's messed up yeah so she goes and visits rod in prison and kind of starts hinting like maybe i believe you so she goes home and she decides she's going to try to, uh, like, lucid dream. She tells Johnny Depp, who is snuck into her house. Crappy to keep toppy her Johnny. Crappy toppy Johnny. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> hey, like, keep an eye on me and just wake me up. I'm going to try something. So she tries lucid dreaming. She goes to check on Rod, where she sees Freddy Krueger's already there. And nothing can stop him. He walks through the bars like mm-hmm. they're nothing. Because to him, they are. Which is cool seeing, like, 80s movies stuff like that not looking as cheesy as smoke in 28 days later right <laughs> if, if freddy if you can make freddy krueger walk through a wall in the <laughs> 80s you can make smoke look natural in the 2000s that's fair <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> but yeah then freddy stops and sees her and then chases after her right yeah he chases her for a minute and then she wakes up and she's mad at crappy tapping johnny because mm-hmm. he fell asleep god damn it <laughs> as she says you bastard Glenn. <laughs> Glenn. <laughs> nobody can do angry like heather lane camp like yeah which one of my favorite things about her is 
how she talked to her mom. Yeah. And was like, no, you listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Because her mom needs it. <laughs> like, yeah. And it was great. Yeah. I was all for it. So she runs out of the house. She runs to the police department with Glenn. And they're like, you got to let us just talk to him. Just, just make sure he's okay. And literally by the time they open the door to check on him, he's being strangled by a sheet mm-hmm. that he did not strangle himself with. It came to life on its own. Yeah. Kind of looked inappropriate, but it did. It looked like uh, something you <laughs> talked about earlier in the uh-huh, movie, which uh-huh. I made that exact. Exa- it was so. wrong. Um. <laughs> Her full name could go. Yeah. <laughs> which middle and last. <laughs> I I kind of don't know how I feel about seeing the sheet move on its own. Mm-hmm. I kind of almost would have preferred if they just we don't see that setup and you just open the door and he's hanging himself to kind of preserve that ambiguity because mm. a little bit of this movie kind of makes you question nancy with like the adults in the movie mm. just a little bit and i think that's kind of a cool idea that i would like to see him push a little further it would be kind of cool i don't know if any of the sequels do it if freddy krueger the way he killed them in real life, it looks like they're doing it to themselves right. rather than, Oh, she's flying across the room. It's clearly like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Like if, but him, it he looks like it could have been up. Glenn. Like he, he goes, he, she's the only one that he, yeah. he at well, that I point mean, kills with knives. I mean, for, the, for the audience, yeah. like for us, we're seeing, we're seeing Freddy Krueger, like grab it, but then it cuts to reality and he's doing it to himself. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. That'd be cool. I don't know if do any of the sequels do stuff um, like that. The, or the remake. The only good scene in the remake, like front to start to finish scene, it almost plays out like a short film. It's just a kid in a diner who's like telling his friend like, no, like I saw him. This guy's been after me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't slept in a week, blah, 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 blah. And the friend is like, okay, yeah, just give me a second. And like looks away and the friend falls asleep. Mm-hmm. And all we see is Freddie like holding his knife hand to him Mm -hmm. and he gets like a knife off the table and he's like oh get off me get off me cut to him he's standing there yelling that Mm. but he's holding the knife here so it looks like he's holding it to his throat and he slits his own throat yeah that's so everybody's like oh that dude just lost it yeah and i kind of get the remake sucks yeah but it's got these really good ideas yeah (laughs) yeah because i was thinking yeah that'd be kind of cool if to the outside world and to the audience, it looks like they're doing it to themselves. Yeah, and the second one, uh, Freddy's Revenge, yeah. which I definitely want to watch because I think it's fascinating. Uh-huh. Um, they kind of start hinting that it might just be the main character doing the killings. Mm. Like, oh, is this really Freddy or does the main character just think he's Freddy? Oh, it's not Nancy? No, sadly, no. Oh, is she in the sequel? Uh, she's in two of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she comes back. It's pretty cool. But from but now she's really freaked out because she's just had everything confirmed in the yeah. context of the movie. Rod is dead. She's like, no, I was right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the whole time she's hoping she's dreaming. Yeah. Which and, is messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. Crappy Toppy Johnny was there to see it, too. Yeah. I mean, talk about a rough week for these kids. Yeah. <laughs> All the friends are dying. Yeah, it's not great for you. It's not great yeah. for your for your mental health, yeah, especially as a, a young teen in yeah. school. So then they have to uh, go to Tina's funeral and Rod's funeral. Hmm. 
it's oh. kind of a joint funeral, right? Or is no. it just Rod? I no, it's just it was Rod's just Rod. Funeral. Because that's where Lil Saxon was. Lil Saxon. <laughs> Lil Reverend Saxon. Yes. Was doing the funeral. Yeah, um, kind of a dick move. Like, I know he's a suspected killer, but he's like, it just goes to show if you suck, you get killed. <laughs> Don't be like Rod. <laughs> like that was the sentiment of this dude's eulogy. I was too distracted that he looked like Bill Saxon to hear what he was saying. He literally does the, you know, like it is like the good book says, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And I was like, dude, you're at his funeral. <laughs> These are like his Why family and friends. Like, if you really thought like he definitely killed that girl, fuck this dude. Maybe you should have been like, oh, I can't do his eulogy. Sorry, yeah. I'm out. Like, have someone else do it. I'll really tell his loved ones. Yeah, I'll tell them what for. <laughs> Little Saxon sucks. <laughs> little Revy Saxon. Big Saxon sucks a little bit less because he kind of goes to Nancy. He's like, so you're saying you don't think it was Rod? Like, and even like Crappy Toppy Johnny is like, yeah, we we don't think that. But then because divorced parents suck, her mom throws a fit that she's like even talking to her dad and that he would even try to like make decisions for her. And she's like, no, like you don't want to be here to help unless it can help you. So I'm taking her to get real help, which is kind of a nice moment actually of like, no, our kid needs help. I'm not going to stand here and entertain what is from the outside. Clearly like mental illness. We're going to get her help. Yeah. Cut to the hospital. And which I liked that they take her to a sleep disorder place rather than just, Oh, an insane asylum place. The worst movie would just be like she's crazy yeah and this movie doesn't do that they're like no like she just needs help yeah she she's going to the doctor to figure out what's going on and get help so i told you i had a fun fact about that doctor oh yes dr king dr played by charles fleischer charles fleischer or as you would know him roger rabbit (laughs) charles fleischer is like a very famous character actor but mostly known for his voice acting and mostly known for playing Roger Rabbit. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite fa- fun facts about this movie. I need a moment to process this. <laughs> How are you going to just drop me? Drop that on me. Yeah, He was just like an actor and stand up comic at the time. And he went on to be Roger Rabbit a few years later. Now I'm just imagining that scene with his voice as Roger Rabbit. No, no, she's just sick. Can I, I wonder what weird method thing he did for this. Like, who favorite Roger Rabbit? Have you ever seen the behind the scenes? No. So he's like a weirdo, like character actor who likes to like really get into roles. So for Roger Rabbit, he was like, well, I want to be on set to do the voice. Uh-huh. Like, I know I can't be in the shot, obviously, because you're going to. It's got to be blank for you to animate into later. But I want to do the voice from just off camera. So he has something to react to, which is actually awesome. Yeah. Uh, But he's very dedicated. So he had costuming and make him a Roger (laughs) Rabbit costume. Not like a fake rabbit head, but he has like a like a white hat with ears. And he wore the overalls and the gloves. That's amazing. So he could be in character. I love this man. So I wonder if like by the end of this movie, he was like, I am a sleep doctor. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. Yeah. I I love Robert Does he go to horror class? I hope so. Like Charles Fleischer, not Robert Fleischer. And they're testing her dreams. 
it, it, they're just like it's like normal like the doctor even just says like ma'am i appreciate that you're like worried about your daughter but as a as a giant cartoon bunny i'm an expert <laughs> and i have to tell you <laughs> she's just had the worst week of all time so like i gotta tell you <laughs> your daughter these, she's not doing good these dreams are out of control <laughs> exactly so um on the board george lucas roger rabbit did someone say george (laughs) georgie wants to play too (laughs) um wes craven stole my idea originally um i mean anakin has nightmares and then kills children (laughs) man he stole my idea I was going to call the Jedi Dream Warriors. <laughs> it was on my unicorn sparkly notebook that I had in school. Oh no, Wes Craven stole my Trapper Keeper again. <laughs> Damn it, I can't use synths in my Star Wars. <laughs> You're slowly becoming Southern. <laughs> yes. Oh darn it, Luke Skywalker, he's doomed. <laughs> Darth Vader was your daddy all along. <laughs> well, man, spoilers. It's a horror movie podcast. <laughs> I don't care. Speaking of, at one point we were talking about a horror movie, weren't we? Uh- <laughs> well, you had to bring out the Roger Rabbit that derailed this whole thing. <laughs> That's too good of a fact not to. Come of on. Of course, but you should have saved it to the very end. That way, yeah. Cliff no, you're right. Me. You're right. I'm sorry. Then I would have gone insane uh, afterwards. But then, after Roger Rabbit explains <laughs> to the mom, like, she's sleeping. She's fine. Like, don't worry about it. Nancy starts freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just going wild. Um, and she wakes up and she's got a big cut on her arm and she has a hat. And the mom immediately recognizes the hat. Because of course she does. Yes. But she doesn't say it. No, she's just like, where did you, how did you even sneak that in here? Give me that. Which, like, that's her whole attitude about it. It's like, don't talk about it. Don't look at it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Which she's in a, like a hospital gown. How, where would she pull that from? <laughs> <laughs> You can't see what I'm just giving Zach like a look. It's a hat you can fold it up and like magic trick. I like yeah, have it on yeah, the back. You got of a hand. false thumb, like yeah. <laughs> which I liked how Roger Rabbit was confused, but then they just cut to the next shot. Yeah, he doesn't question it. How she brought this hat in? Well, I assume the mom's just like, "We're leaving. Bye. Thanks." Checks in the mail because she knows what the hat is. I got to put more spray tan on. Yeah, she's so orange in this movie. <laughs> Along with my hair spray tan. I think that's just her hair color. <laughs> yeah, but it looks like yeah, she, the walked, same color. <laughs> she walked into a spray tan booth and just everything. How dare you talk about Ronnie Blakely that way, sir? She is an Academy Award nominated actress. Are you ready for some shade? You don't like her in this movie? You wouldn't be able to tell from watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think she has one good scene in this movie. She, I will say. She was a cartoon character. In, I mean, in her defense, the role is written as a cartoon character in this movie. <laughs> yeah. She 
it's like uh miss mama Voorhees. yeah she's not as good but yeah yeah but like the I wait think did she get oscars before or after nightmare uh, before oh before yeah so she's probably like i have oscars she i'm just win, doing this so oh. <laughs> but she's also in like a robert allman movie she's in nashville and he has a much more like naturalistic style of directing his actors and things so i can uh, see where maybe that's a little more conducive than hit your marks we got a rap for the day man we got effects to get i don't to. know you're I'm drunk sorry. i'm so sorry but we got there's a rotating room that's taking a month of our schedule <laughs> johnny deb crappy Davy johnny has to get sucked into yeah. a bed we gotta figure that out yeah <laughs> Uh, All right. So from there, stuff keeps happening. It's real weird. We get some nice moments between Crappy Toppy Johnny and Nancy where he's yeah. like, hey, you know, like you're going through something, but I, I really care about you. And yeah. just remember that nightmares only hurt you if you let them, basically, is the sentiment of what he tells her. And it's it's actually like really sweet where they're yeah. just on the bridge eating some food. Or he was eating oh, yeah. some food. She was reading a book on booby traps. Right. Anytime anybody eats food and they balance it on the beam of a bridge, it just makes me anxious. <laughs> In movies, I'm like, you're going to lose that. The one scene I think that uh, Ronnie Sue Blakely is actually pretty good in, which is her explaining the Freddy Krueger's backstory. Yeah. I think she's actually like good in that because they kind of give her like some meat. That character stops being a caricature for, for a minute. Mm. And it's just like, here, here's clearly the monologue you probably auditioned with. Like... Mm. Here I've been storing in our basement this whole yeah. time a bundle of sticks with Freddy Krueger's right. <laughs> I'm the Blair Witch. I'm the Blair Witch. <laughs> I've been messing with these yeah. filmmakers this whole time. So basically, the story is that uh, some guy named Fred Krueger, because they keep calling him Fred in this movie, and I'm like, why didn't that catch on instead of Freddy? Hello, I'm Fred Krueger. Uh, <laughs> that that's more scary. Yeah. <laughs> He's supposed to be. Please, please. My father was Frederick. I'm Freddy. My father? <laughs> my, bro, 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 bro. <laughs> my father was Frederick. You try talking with that voice. <laughs> what voice? <laughs> I my father was Freddy. I'm Freddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He did that voice. That's right. Yeah, because they kind of pitch shift his voice, voice a little bit but towards right. the end of the movie. Because in my head, I'm just like, oh, Robert e. England's British. He is not. <laughs> He's not. No, his last name is just England. He <laughs> <laughs> was because his last name was England. He had to be British. <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear that's not it. I swear that's not it. It's only because I've seen footage of him, the 2000s or late 90s. And he looks like Bono. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So in my head, I'm like, oh, he must be British. Except Bono's not British. I Bono's know, but that Irish. is... I, that I do know. I'm saying the aesthetic. Okay, it's that's, very yeah. like... The sunglasses. I, I'm a British the... pop, like rock star. Yeah, like. yeah. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> it's the 80s. They all had those sunglasses. No, this was like <laughs> late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, I don't think Robert England left the 80s. I love him for it, but I'm I'm so upset. So they murdered uh, 
famed British character actor Robert <laughs> England and uh, <laughs> you know throughout this entire movie too I was like I wonder American I was literally thinking that the entire movie wow he can keep a solid accent I wonder if they're gonna make a joke about him being British at some point <laughs> <laughs> okay moving on you're learning a lot today I'm proud of you yeah it's a wonderful day <laughs> <laughs> the, the the random sleep doctors Roger Rabbit and Robert England is not from England. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so they kill Robert England, and um, they they cover up the evidence because essentially he was killing all these kids, and someone forgot to like read him his Miranda rights or whatever, and he got off, uh, or they misplaced evidence. I forget what she says exactly, but they the cops screw up something. The judges. And the cops uh, were getting fat paycheck from the publicity or something. Yeah, so they weren't being careful. Yeah. So they weren't being careful. He got off. All the parents murdered him because they didn't want him to come back to their town. They burned him alive. Yeah. Jason's water. Freddy <laughs> fire. There's got to be something we can do with that. I wonder. That's, that's literally a line from Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> uh, does that mean... Leatherface's Earth. <laughs> Are they the Planeteers? <laughs> Who's wind? <laughs> uh, Who's heart? Well, Michael Myers is wind. Because wasn't it windy in Halloween? Oh, a little bit. Yeah, it's well, fall. So. <laughs> With their powers combined, who do they form? John Earth. Carpenter? <laughs> is John Carpenter the Avatar? John Carpenter's Captain Planet. <laughs> he's Captain Planet. He's Aang. <laughs> he can do we it. went to very different cartoons. You can tell our age difference. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even think about it from that aspect. Oh my God. Now Nancy's like really freaked out. Her mom has like bar also barred all the windows because she doesn't understand why all this Freddy Krueger stuff is coming up, like how she got the hat. She's clearly afraid. Like, I don't know if she thinks Fred Krueger is back, but she clearly thinks someone is coming after them because yeah. of him. Um, I mean, that's a, a huge theme of this movie is um, the sins of the father will be visited on the child. You know, the idea that like you inherit the sins of your parents and then also, like, all the parents in this movie turn a blind eye to it and just let it happen to their kids again. Because uh -huh. it is easier than dealing with it. Like, they took the the easy way out when dealing with Freddy, and now he's back to get their kids, and they can't do anything. And they don't do anything. All parents completely oblivious. In this movie, yeah. And I think it gets to that danger of the suburbs thing. Well, I mean, like, also in Halloween when... yeah. She's crying for help. And well, I mean, it gets to the danger of the suburbs thing. I think in Halloween, there's even like a shot when she's crying like that of someone in their window just closes their window. Yeah. Because it's easier to just not deal with it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. John Carpenter and Wes Craven both were really good at uh, commentary in their movies mm -hmm. on the world we live in in ways that I think are still incredibly relevant today. Timeless. Yeah. That's why. Because <laughs> they're good. Podcasts didn't exist back then. And we're doing a podcast about yes. all these movies. I mean, look how well it must have held up. We're still talking about it now. Yeah. We're not the only ones. I've never seen them, but it's caused us to make a whole podcast yeah. around me seeing them. <laughs> 
And it's because it's me. It's mostly going to be Wes Craven and John Carpenter movies, <laughs> which I am completely OK with. <laughs> so uh, now we come to the other most iconic scene in this movie. Nancy calls jo- Crappy Toppy Johnny and says, like, hey, I'm going to go see if I can find this guy in my sleep. I know you don't completely believe me, but just call me on the phone. So I wake up in an hour. He doesn't wake. He falls asleep because God damn it, Clint. Because he's listening to music and watching sports on his TV at no, the no. same time. He's watching Miss Noon America. Oh, I thought that was just a which, joke. Which is a great line. Yeah. <laughs> well, how oh. you, how are you going to hear what she's saying? Come on, Mom. I don't care what she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> don't be smart. <laughs> and it's, it's Only just, in 1984. I love Johnny Depp. <laughs> and it's just, for me... I never witnessed the teen icon Johnny Depp. It's just always been weird Johnny Depp. So hearing yeah, Johnny Depp. he pushed against it so yeah. immediately. He only has this in 21 Jump Street yeah. where he's like a teen idol. And so it's funny hearing him be like, oh, I don't care what I don't care what she's saying, mom. Parents just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So... He falls asleep. Yep, he falls asleep. Nancy can't find Freddy. It's because Freddy's busy. And you just see him get pulled into his bed. And then... And then which, uh, movie, pretty low budget, clever reuse of a set. They just redecorated Tina's bedroom. That's And what turned it upside down and dumped all the blood through it. And then rotated the room. That's why it kind of like spins all around the walls and yeah. gets everywhere, which looks amazing. Yeah. Um, fun fact, again... They almost killed someone. So nobody on these movies. thought about the room rotating. Mm-hmm. So actually what happened, it's not supposed to do the cool thing where it moves from the ceiling to the walls. Mm-hmm. They dumped in all the blood and that shifted. They thought they had everything locked down enough. It wasn't. So all the blood hitting the ceiling shifted the weight because it went a little bit to one side and immediately flipped over the room that everyone was standing on. Ooh. So people had to like jump out of it and tr- just try not to get electrocuted. Cause that's why like, it's a great shot when the blood like shifts over and starts hitting the light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't pour red water on lights Yeah. and it like almost like burned, like set. they were amazed. They didn't set the set on fire. Jeez. Yeah. But it looks amazing. So, yeah. and nobody wound up getting hurt. So that's good. <laughs> Between this and the thing, it's all of the stuff that's like, oh yeah, it's amazing because people almost die. Yeah, I mean, like as much as I love practical effects, I kind of, it kind of makes you understand why studios are like, I bet we could do that with CGI. <laughs> we don't need a lawsuit on our hands. We don't need to kill somebody. <laughs> Remember that time your cameraman almost died, Wes? Do it with CGI. <laughs> <laughs> Crappy Toppy Johnny is no more. He's dead. Okay, and you asked while we were watching it, why do paramedics come? Like, how does the mom even, like, know what's happening? There is a deleted bit. Uh, obviously, the MPA cut this movie to shreds, uh-huh. as they do with a lot of horror movies. Um, if you don't want to get an X rating, you just have to cut stuff. Um, it's not great. It's uh, censorship, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> originally, all that blood pours out, and the mom doesn't isn't screaming because she's watching the blood pour out um that was just an editing solution she's screaming because when she walks in the room the blood has stopped and then a skinless john crappy toppy johnny pops up out of the hole and just falls onto the bed that's why she's freaking out because like his body is there 
Oh. Yeah. Or I don't know if he's skinless. He He's just very red. <laughs> oh. I always read it as, like, that must be what happened, but it could just be that he's covered in the blood. So. Oh. Uh, if he's skinless, that'd be horrifying. Yeah. Uh, but it's implied that something really bad happened to him and his corpse just falls yeah. in front of his mom. Yeah. That's why she's free. That's why, like, paramedics, that's what they're there to get. You okay. Know? <laughs> yeah, because I heard one of the paramedics be like, Oh, we need a mom. Yeah. <laughs> we need that. Um, we'll, we'll just touch on this for like a second. Censorship stuff. Is that still sort of a problem today? Um, It, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, If anybody's curious about it, I highly recommend looking into uh, this film is not yet rated. It's a great documentary where they actually go into the way that the ratings board works. Um, it isn't government censorship. It's self censorship, but it's still not great the way they go about doing it. Yeah. Um, They have in this movie really great interviews with lots of horror people um and then also people like kevin smith winds up talking a lot about like the way they try to censor dialogue and the try the, mm. the you know clerks got an x rating mm. originally they had to like go in and fight it um the director of boys don't cry had to go in and like make her case for like okay um you don't like that my main character keeps swearing but also my main character is a trans person who gets stabbed to death yeah you're making me cut one thing and not the other maybe you guys should reassess what you're deciding yeah. um the the ratings board isn't great um i understand that we do need a rating system but i also understand that giving an nc-17 or an x rating essentially crushes a movie and keeps theaters from carrying it yeah. so you're essentially saying this movie doesn't exist except on dvd yeah is it less of a problem now that the internet's more of a thing and streaming? Um, I, I would say yeah it's a lot less of an issue it reminds me a lot of uh we're comic book nerds it reminds me a lot of the comics code authority which was mm. a self-placed censorship on comics yeah. through up until like the mid 90s but it went away um and it turns out you can just write for adults only on something yeah like i have no problem with like rating i have a problem with saying that a movie essentially needs to be dead on the vine it's it's sort of like charging people with obscenity like what does that even mean yeah because i feel like with comics or like cds just being like not putting anything on it or explicit content yeah just so I, I, i've got nothing against saying like this movie is rated r yeah. But you don't need to. Ra- it's an X-rated movie. No one should watch it. Is yeah. essentially what you're saying. Because already people who are above eighteen can go see a rated R movie, right? And they can they go can... see an uh, an NC seventeen movie. Yeah, they can so see whatever what is, they want. Ex- the only thing slapping an NC seventeen or an X rating on a movie does is essentially ensure that movie theaters feel like they can't carry it. Sorry. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings about it. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings about the way like censorship works and i know this isn't censorship censorship i want to draw that fine line like no one is going to prison for making these movies anymore yeah there was a time when you might but now not so much which is good and honestly the the standards of what gets it and what doesn't change over time and they have changed which is again is good but i mean there's stuff like when you go into do your hearing when they're going to make the decision. They also have uh, a priest present. Why? Because then in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, am I going to offend the priest if I give this movie a lower rating? <sighs> yeah, um, I really recommend that documentary. This film is not yet rated. Essential viewing. It's fascinating, man. Because then it also they wind up showing you the process they go through trying to get their movie rated. The documentary. Yeah, because they're That's like, fun. go ahead, show us that you're unbiased. Yeah. Well, we criticize you. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Um, 
Is that on Netflix or anything? Uh, it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it still is. That was a few years ago. Okay. Um, it's pretty easy to find, though. Yeah. Yes. So nightmare. So getting away from a tough topic of censorship, something that I have a lot of mixed feelings <laughs> about this movie. Uh, so now Heather Langenkamp is Nancy is just like, well, fuck this shit. Manages to get like flag her dad down. Shit, and she's like, hey, um, so I'm going to get the guy who's been doing this. Just come to our house in the hour. I'll see you then. I got this. Yeah. And she set up traps all over the house. She put her uh, alcoholic mother who is blacked out to bed. She put her uh, Kevin McAllister's kills to test. Yep. yep. <laughs> and she goes to sleep. And she grabs that boy. Yep. <laughs> runs at him and goes, ah. <laughs> yeah, he is thrown off. <laughs> Which is why like, I find her so fascinating as a final girl. Because mm. um, that, that trope is so tied to running away women in peril Mm. that it's really always cool when it transcends that. Yeah. That, so it's not just, um, I mean, something Wes Craven, uh, once said was I can only make so many movies about girls getting cut up. Yeah. Um, he said that about this and he said that about scream. Um, Oh, he did scream. Yes. Oh, he directed my favorite horror movie. I love Wes Craven. He's, all time goat, you know. <laughs> John Carpenter, though. I mean, like on my route, Mount Rushmore, they're both up there, but I don't know how to pick between the two. Okay, it, it, may, it makes more sense now that you're saying Nancy over Lori too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh. Okay, man. Okay. I haven't I haven't seen enough. What I've seen more John Carpenter, and I know more about him. Oh, but... we'll get into Wes Craven on all the making up with this and stuff. Yeah. But that's that's what initially got me excited about Halloween because a year or two or however long ago, uh, the newest Halloween. Mm-hmm. When I saw the trailer for it, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." She came back, and she's ready yeah. to like go after michael myers like that's really cool i think that's to some degree a borrowed idea from nightmare on elm street which is the Mm. first one where it's like no they can be proactive yeah you can be in peril and save yourself you know like uh, that that is something that people have talked about with laurie strode from halloween a lot is ultimately though she is reduced to cowering and needing to be saved by a man which is why it's so amazing that then halloween 2018 is like yeah and she never wanted to be again yeah, that's I really, really like that idea of the first movie, they're in peril, but then they get used to it and they yeah. deal with it. That's why I don't think everything needs to be a franchise, but if you've got a cool way to take it, I, yeah. I'm all for it. You yeah. know, If you can make something a franchise in an interesting way, I'm on board. Yeah, not just making every single movie after that. Oh, it's a new group of people getting scared. Right. Oh, it's Laurie Strode. She's older, but she's back in action. She's yeah. a Terminator now. Love it. <laughs> Which I haven't <laughs> seen the movie, but just from the trailers, I'm like, I really want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so she grabs Freddy Krueger, pulls him into the real world. Mm-hmm. Or did she? Um, but uh, boom, boom. <laughs> beside the point. But then, like, I love that. It doesn't contradict itself because I said, but does she? Because, you know, then at the end we find out she might still be dreaming. Mm. The whole fight with him has real world physics, but still operates on dream logic. Like what? Well, like, you know, when when someone gets thrown, they get thrown. Freddy gets hurt. Like he has more weight here. He's clearly not Robert England on strings. I I mean, what's what what uh, in that sequence was dream logic? Um, I, I would say the way like 
he falls behind things and pops up and he seems mm. to almost teleport she manages to pull off her whole plan with no hitches it's perfectly timed and she could flag down her dad uh, like that's all kind of too perfect it, it reminds me of like the ski scene in inception where it's like oh yeah you know they're dreaming because you couldn't do that yeah it feels real but it clearly isn't oh i didn't think about it like that and then all the stuff with you know she gets freddie set on fire she gets her dad over he comes in he leaves and flaming footsteps exact dream logic <laughs> She has to this this movie is also kind of operates on fairy tale logic at the same time. Yeah. In that he he's the troll under the bridge, you know? Yeah, I think that's why I didn't take it that way, just because we're also in twenty nineteen and I'm looking back at it like uh eighties were goofy. Yeah. The, the, I mean, there is a little bit of that. I because I was thinking <laughs> as oh, the eighties are goofy, not oh, they're in a dream. Right. Sort of thing. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> the 80s were goofy. Uh then he goes for He goes her for mom. her mom. Like they they she follows the flaming footprints like like they're breadcrumbs and fairy tale. He's the witch and he's gonna shove her in the oven. Yeah. Um, and he does that to her mom and the dad comes in and doesn't see who it is, just throws a blanket over her and he pulls it up. There's just a corpse there that slowly descends into a blue light. Everybody was confused at that dream point. logic. <laughs> but at the same time, you're also just like, I mean, Freddy's magic. Like he can do yeah. whatever he wants. I think from a story perspective, I'm like, oh yeah, Freddy can do whatever he wants. But from a filmmaking perspective, I was like, what? <laughs> what made them inside like oh yeah the corpse floats into the bed but dream logic because the dad doesn't react to it he's just like yes yeah. that has happened that is what happens when you burn to death by a ghost man you float <laughs> into the bed he like goes and gets the other cop and he's like keep an eye on things for me here thanks yeah and, uh, and you're just thinking yeah goofy 80s or goofy horror movie yeah until the end you know yeah but um i think the coolest thing about this is the way that nancy quote unquote defeats freddy yeah is such a, a twist on like i have to solve this with violence i have to fight you which she's been doing i don't believe in the tooth fairy anymore yeah i i like that yeah i think that's a cool idea of like wait a minute this is my dream you know bitch yeah all of her lines could just end with bitch <laughs> and i'd be um, fine with it I was thinking Rick and Morty, scary Terry. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a bitch. Aw, bitch. Aw, bitch. <laughs> uh, so she doesn't believe in fairies anymore, and yeah, he vanishes. She fades away, and then it cuts directly to because she says like, "I want it all back. This is my dream. You can't take anything from me here, and I'm taking it all back." And he fades away, and it seems to be the next morning, and the mom is just like, "Hey, yeah, you know." I think I hit rock bottom last night. I got to stop drinking. Which this wasn't. Oh, it's goofy 80s. This was very clearly. Oh, this is weird. Something's wrong here. Yeah. This is totally a dream. Because she's like all smiley about it. She's not hung over. Yeah. They're both wearing like. We're in the 50s. Like yeah. It's, it's sweet and innocent and starts getting foggy. Yeah. Um, and her friends all pull up in a uh, crappy toppy Johnny's car. Which has a droppy toppy. Yes. The top <laughs> is down. She gets in the car and immediately the hood closes and they're like, what is going on with your car, man? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> it it locks itself and they pull away and it's Freddy's sweater. Yep. 
And yeah, then, the mom is just treating it like it's normal, which is super creepy. And she mm-hmm. just gets pulled through the window with the fakest dummy of all time. Turns into a mannequin. Yeah, I hate that man. I love the idea of that kill, but I hate that mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just ends. And our boy John Saxon <laughs> is the first name on the credits. At the time, he was probably the most famous. All right, the, the most interesting thing about this ending was not supposed to happen. The original script and what Wes Craven shot, it literally just ended with her beating Freddie. Mm. And it probably would have ended with her like walking out the door. And that would have been the end of the movie. Like none of like the interaction with her mom, just she has won. The producer, Robert Shea, always hated it. He always pushed back against it. He always said, you got to change it. So finally, he just convinced Craven that they should change it. Craven came up with the car thing because he thought it was a little bit more ambiguous. Robert Shea said, well, what if we kill the mom? So they shot both thinking we'll put them in. We'll see which one tests better with audiences. And they just wound up leaving both of them in, which I, I actually like the ending of this movie. So I think it's a case of, yeah, he actually kind of helped improve this movie. I think for me, now that I'm thinking about it, the only thing I don't like about it is it seemed like it came out of nowhere and it's such different filmmaking wise like the fogginess and the perfectly yeah. i think if that was established in a different dream already that's fair it, and you like had the slow realization of oh yeah. it's that they're calling back to that other thing i think that w- would have so it makes sense that I, it was added on like yeah. last i think i like it conceptually i guess more yeah. than the actual execution yeah like it is clearly a reshoot that ending is like divisive right like people are torn because a lot of people say like it should have just ended the way that Wes Craven wrote it yeah should have ended with Nancy one end of movie but that doesn't leave you open for a franchise which Robert Shea desperately needed so anyways uh (laughs) now to the behind the scenes my favorite part did I ever tell you about how we made Chewbacca it was Peter Mayhew good guy good guy good guy (laughs) Uh, very tall, very tall. <laughs> can can really but, roar. But this movie. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Wes Craven was becoming something of a, a presence in the horror community. I mentioned on our Friday the Thirteenth episode, he was good friends with that movie's director and producer, Sean mm. Cunningham. What has he done before? Um, so before this, that's why I bring up Sean Cunningham. Mm. His debut movie had been uh, Last House on the Left, which is an incredibly violent revenge film Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that just um, is well-made and arguably a good movie with, again, something to say behind all the violence. Yeah. But it is so bleak and so violent that I almost don't like it. I think Wes Craven always has something really interesting to say with violence and the nature of like our relationship to it with film. Yeah. He's a super fascinating dude, Craven. Um, he grew up a super strict um baptist oh. in his family like he talks about like i wasn't allowed to watch movies i mean we can really yeah exactly <laughs> I was gonna say, maybe that's why like i relate to the way he puts these things on, yeah. on film but um he's like you know i wasn't really allowed to watch movies i just buckled down and did school and he was actually a college professor huh. um he's an english professor and he somehow wound up like in charge of like the the film club at the college because he was like one of the younger teachers so all the students liked him because he was mm. only like a few years older than them so he wound up making like 16 millimeter movies with them and he was really good at it so he quit his teaching job and signed up with sean s cunningham made last house on the left but as i said he was always like look like 
there's a lot of violence against women in these movies and my movies yeah. i helped for better or worse help set that template so he starts leaning away from that like he always said like i want to make things that aren't just horror but he mostly made horror yeah um so he follows that up probably his next most famous film is uh the hills have eyes the original one from the oh. 70s which again is it's a little bit more able to have f- f- fun like you can kind of enjoy it as like the schlocky mutants live in the mountains and eat people movie but it is still really bleak famous in some circles but to the mainstream he's now Wes craven master of horror mm. and he's done two movies that wound up really influencing the people who came immediately after him like carpenter mm. um like last podcast on last out there's a podcast last podcast on the left so i keep wanting to say that um because i like that podcast mm. but last house on the left you know winds <laughs> up uh like really influencing like all these directors in the way they think about violence and kind of is one of like the three or four movies that helps birth the slasher movement Mm. i'd say like you know that black christmas psycho and texas chainsaw all lead to these guys being like oh we can be that violent now Mm. we can use that to say something yeah fortunately none of them are as good at directing as wes craven so a lot of it's trash including the one his friend made so he says i want to turn the slasher genre on its head I, I helped cause this. I want to fix it. Um, and he writes the script for Nightmare on Elm Street based on a couple of different things. Um, when he was a kid, he said, one night I was looking out my window and this creepy dude walked by and I kind of like giggled to myself and he must have heard me or something. And He was wearing a sweater and a fedora. And the dude just stopped, looked angry and just looked up at my room made eye contact with me and then just stood there like he was like clearly the dude was just messing with me because he heard me laugh but it like i didn't sleep for like nights like because i was so scared of that guy like what if he comes back that so that influenced like oh give him a hat you can't see Uh, you don't know like uh that's more terrifying than freddy (laughs) krueger um and then the other big influence was a series of articles i believe in the la times or the new york times um you can still track them down it's easier now because of this movie because people have talked about it so much um uh there was a disease called uh sads it was a sudden asian death syndrome um in the weirdly there was this rash of uh asian refugees in the 70s like post-vietnam coming over here and um dying in their sleep typically pretty like like horribly like screaming and then they would die Mm. and no one knew what was causing it and literally the article referenced one teenage boy who was so afraid to go to sleep that his parents finally had to sneak a drug into his drink and then he fell asleep and he had started having nightmares and he died and no one knows why and like then they looked under his bed and they found a hidden coffee machine they found like caffeine pills it's everything that nancy does in the movie oh my god and apparently that just deeply affected Wes craven he was like i and we can't do anything about it because you can't be like ah well it's clearly the dream demon yeah like that's not a, a, a real thing yeah so it just really upset him and he was like well that's clearly something for a movie so he put it in the script and he said like so what would the cause of this be and being having no longer being but having grown up religious he he knew about things like 
you know, the sins of the father visited on the son. And he really like kind of clung to that idea of like, why are people who are innocent punished? And he wrote this amazing script and he started shopping it all around town and no one wanted to make it because they were like, no, you're the hills have eyes, dude. <laughs> this looks like it might be about something. Why would we want to do that? <laughs> man, I think this is my John Carpenter moment. Of, yeah, man, Wes Craven's really cool. <laughs> yeah, no, Wes Craven is is awesome. Um, so finally he goes to New Line Cinema who like now like i mean you probably recognize the name i mean yeah um now they're probably most well known for their next reinvention which was they produced lord of the rings movies um they recently got bought out recently probably like last 10 years or so got bought out by warner brothers so now warner brothers owns freddy krueger and all their other properties and are doing nothing with them (laughs) i'm so mad (laughs) and he goes to new line cinema and the head really the only person working there is robert shea who has managed to build this company by showing uh movies like reefer madness which he had somehow gotten like a hold of the original prince of as midnight movies so he would literally just drive to theaters in town he would be like who's showing rocky horror picture show and who's showing light of the living dead cool i'll go to those theaters that do these weird midnight movies cult classics and i'll show my movies Mm. that i bought the rights to do you know what reefer madness is no (laughs) it's awesome it's this old psa from the 50s that's like are your children on reefer it'll make them criminals (laughs) it's great there's a musical now it's fantastic uh so he was literally like making money off of that and was starting to produce really small movies i think he might have done one or two by then but like not even like gotten released in theaters really and Wes craven brings in the script and he's like i can get you the money but it's gonna be hard it's not gonna be a lot and i can't guarantee it's gonna go anywhere but let's do it yeah uh yeah and they wind up making a nightmare on elm street amazing it's another one of those stories where like the budget of this movie was 1.8 million and in its initial box office run, it made 25.5. It, it like Friday the 13th and Halloween before it, it's this huge hit yeah. that reinvents the genre. It, it, it's so important that it becomes a uh, new line for a long time was referred to as the house that Freddie built. Mm. And they become like this powerhouse of largely independent films, which is like awesome. That's so cool. And every couple of years they pump out a, they would pump out a Freddy movie because those made money. Yeah. And the, you know, you make one Freddy movie that clearly, even though some of them are really interesting are mostly cash grabs. Yeah. So that then you can make six indie movies the next year, you know, which is, which is a great least, business plan. And it's yeah, kind of awesome. At least it's for a cause. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, for a while uh he and Wes craven had a big falling out he winds up with the rights to nightmare on elm street that's part of the deal like if i secure you all this money i own it Wes craven doesn't get to come back for the sequel oh he didn't Wes craven doesn't come back for any of the sequels until new nightmare which number is that that's seven and it's after the main series wraps he gets to come back damn mostly he had a problem because he was like look at all this money you're making you owe me residuals yeah and robert shea's like i don't think we do that wasn't really in your contract and kind of kind of screws him over but also like wes craven knew what he signed he didn't ask yeah. for it in his contract because he didn't think he would make any money damn that's a little bit on him 
Yeah. But eventually they want to have a relationship with him again because he's such a good director. So they do pay him back and they let him make New Nightmare. And it's kind of this like awesome little homecoming for him. Yeah. And I love that movie, even though it isn't uh, most people's favorite. So (laughs) that's like a Texas Chainsaw where they didn't really. Yeah. Make money off. I mean, that always happens. Look at what happened with the Night of Living Dead. They literally made no money off that movie. Damn. It's nuts. Damn. But I think this movie's awesome. Yep. I love Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that he has the nerve to be so be so full of like self-examination. Even mm. that early on, you can tell he's like looking at like, what have I said with these movies? How do I make it more clear what I think when you look at like yeah. Nancy compared to the people in some of his, the women in some of his earlier movies who are there exclusively to be victims. Yeah. He says, I don't want to be that anymore. And he creates this awesome, badass final girl. That's so cool. And he also creates Freddy Krueger, who's the best slasher. Yeah. <laughs> Played by famous British actor Robert England. Ah, oh, yeah. Let's just bask in the glory of Robert England for a minute. Yes, please. What a what a true champ. Um, he's just on TV at this point. He's done some theater. Mm-hmm. He's trying to make a name for himself. He gets this, and he's never anything but Freddy Krueger after this point to most people. Mm-hmm. He's done plenty, but yeah. he's mostly just Freddy Krueger. And unlike a lot of these dudes who like resent it, he it. loves it. That's awesome. He loves being Freddy Krueger. He doesn't have a bad word to say about anybody. He's just the best. That's so I, cool. I love Robert England. Yeah. <laughs> he's so cool. He said he might have one more in him. Because he's almost 70 now, I believe. Yeah. So he's... He has said, like, I just don't really have the energy for it anymore. You know, Freddy's all about these big movements and whipping around right yeah. in the camera. And that's really hard. And I'm like, hey, we could put you on a platform that spins or something. We could whip <laughs> you into the camera ourselves. Make one more Freddy movie with him. Yeah. Or, like, let him be, like, the teacher in a Freddy movie or something. Well, just make yeah. sure he's there. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know if they're going to follow up the remake with a sequel or something. But... If if they end up doing it, have a joke where like he turns the camera and it's like Robert England and not the new guy anymore. Yeah, for just like one scene. Yeah, there's ways you could do it. It'd be yeah. great. So, what are your feelings about uh, the movie now that you have some info on it? I feel like this episode, especially everything you've told me, I'm just I have to take a second, and I'm like, wow, because <laughs> I th- I think what it is is. I thought I knew, like, oh, Freddy Krueger and stuff. And, like, after watching the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, it's cool. But everything you just told me, I'm like, Wes Craven's great. Roger yeah. Rabbit was in. Yeah. <laughs> Robert England movie. isn't British, <laughs> and he's amazing. Uh, man. <laughs> oh, I should say, uh, just because I like to cite sources as much as I can. Yeah. If you're looking for information about this movie, much like our Friday the 13th episode, which had... Uh, uh, the Camp Crystal Lake documentary. Oh, so it's got a documentary about it that's also like a couple hours long. Cool. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Where they do a whole retrospective of the series. It's called Never Sleep Again, The Elm Street Legacy. That's the funny. only bummer about that one is, uh, for whatever reason, I think because it just come out too recently, they don't talk about the remake at all. Mm. Which is kind of a fascinating disaster of a movie that I would love to see behind the scenes of like now that it's been like nine years. It's been nine years since the remake? Yeah. What? I think that movie came out in 2009, 2010. In my head that happened not that long ago. Right? When was the last Friday the 13th? 
Lasts around the same time. What? Nightmare on Elm Street, 2010. And I believe the Friday the 13th remake was 2009. Okay, but what about the Halloween? Well, the most recent Halloween movie came out last year, 2018. Okay. okay. For those who don't know when we're recording this. Or listening uh, to this five years from yeah. now for whatever reason. Hopefully. Fingers Hopefully. crossed. <laughs> Hopefully we're still making episodes. Yep. <laughs> all you lovely people. But uh, in closing, Wes Craven was awesome. Uh, broke my heart when we lost him a few years ago. We lost him? We did. Um, his last movie, though, he got to go out on a high note. Uh, Scream 4 is better than it has any right to be. Um, I love Wes Craven. I love Wes Craven. I love what he always had to say as a director, and the world was better for having him in it. Man, I feel like I keep having to end all these episodes lately with like a bummer of like, and he's gone. Oh. But that's just the nature of time. So appreciate yeah. these people where they're around, guys. Yeah, seriously, and talk about them on podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> recognize their names, give them credit. Yeah, John Carpenter said he wants to direct again. Maybe. Let's get him to do it, guys. Yeah, please. <laughs> Man, I was literally thinking, too. Man, John Carpenter still goes to cons. I wonder if, like, Wes Craven does. Oh, sorry. Oh, I kept trying to speak in past tense, so it wouldn't be shocking. <laughs> it was very shocking. <laughs> well, yeah, so... Oh, uh, oh uh, Titus Tarantino. How are we going to do that? Oh, ooh, ooh. John Saxon is in from Dusk Till Dawn. Of course he is. Yeah, everybody's in that movie because they love horror movies. I actually don't know who he is in it. I just was reading today that like, oh, he's in it. So <laughs> I, I'm sure someone is very offended because they're like, he's my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> but I don't remember who he is exactly. I just know he's in it. <laughs> That's the second movie you've tied Dusk Hold on to. It's that, it's that horror community thing, yeah. man. Like, they, they're all like bros so of course tom guess, savini yeah, was probably cool. has john saxon's number and was like hey man we're filming today come down <laughs> come hang we'll be vampires and stuff it's crazy i yeah. got a dick gun <laughs> <laughs> i mean i hope one day to be able to say the same uh, <laughs> one day man <laughs> we'll be listening back to this and be like, man dreams do come true <laughs> all right so zach where can everybody find you uh, Zach Shirk on Instagram, ZachShirk.com. That's about it. <laughs> and you can find me on just about everything as uh, I draw paintings. And you can find me on Facebook as well on my artist page, Matt Mears. And sure to follow the podcast everywhere. Yeah. You're, we're well into the future, but <laughs> right now we just got on Google Play yes. and Stitcher. Stitcher. The first episode just came out. So that's very exciting. It's launch week. Yeah, it's launch week. So a little time travel for you. <laughs> what are we watching next week, Matt? Next week, slasher theme continues. We're watching another Wes Craven classic, my all-time favorite horror movie. We're watching Scream. Yeah. We have finally watched enough slasher movies that you can watch this movie without <laughs> it ruining them. Which I feel now... The way I felt during the first episode watching a thing. Wow, John Carpenter is great. I can't watch. The, I can't wait to watch Halloween. Wow, Wes Craven is great. I can't watch. I'm so I can't glad, wait to watch. Glad we could do that Scream, for no. you, man. Yeah, it's so great. And uh, on that note, remember everybody. Dreams are incredible, body hocus pocus. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>